Hi everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. everyone and welcome to Pixels, a show where we cover the news from the video games industry from the past couple of weeks. My name is Patrick Beja and today I am alone, entirely alone. We have kind of entered the period of uncertainty of the birth. Uh, the baby is hours possibly away, days away, maybe a week or so, but things have been uh, kind of hectic here. So I'm going to be doing this one alone. It's possible that I'm going to get a a few of the first episodes of 2018 uh, alone. We'll see how things go. But hopefully... We will have most of them without interruption. Um, we'll see how the next one goes. That one is the one that might be a little bit more difficult than the others. But anyway, baby is not here yet. Hopefully very soon. But for now, I have time to give you a little bit of news uh, and a list of the games for to look out for, uh, to look forward to in 2018, the, the biggest ones um, that are going to be coming out and which ones I am the most excited about and maybe which ones some of you are excited about as well. Let's start with a um, quick roundup of some of the news from the past uh, couple of weeks. Not a lot, obviously, since we're in the beginning of the year. It was the uh, holiday season, and uh, we're sort of looking at numbers, Nintendo coming out on top on every <laughs> possible count. Basically, the Switch is uh, selling incredibly well. Uh, they have announced that it is the fastest-selling game console ever in the US. It sold 4.8 million units in 10 months. Uh, that is more than the Wii sold back in the day. Uh, there is some... Mm, let's say, specific kind of accounting depending on when the re- cons- console releases and uh, the period in which, you, in which you count things. The Wii, of course, uh, benefited from the uh, incredibly strong launch and then the holiday season is now counted in that. So I- I'm not exactly sure if that's like an exceptional thing. Well, it's clearly exceptional, um, but I don't know if the, the period you're taking into account uh, matters in this instance, given how their um, schedule worked out. But it's basically a confirmation, yet another confirmation, that the Switch is uh, selling super duper duper well. The PlayStation 4 is also seeing some kind of incredible uh, record numbers. We're now over 70 million units. Um, I, I When I see those numbers by uh, the PlayStation 4, I have to say, I start wondering if the Nintendo is going to manage to uh, keep on that trajectory. Um, they are at uh, 73.6 million for the PlayStation 4, um, one of the most successful consoles ever, as we've known uh, for a while. And um, it's, it's, but I'm looking at the Switch and I'm thinking maybe everyone who wants a Switch, well, not everyone, but a lot of the people who do want a Switch have already bought it. So I don't know if the trajectory is going to keep 
uh, being that steep upwards for the coming months, although they still have a lot of uh, potential uh, people that could be interested, especially with the strength of its library already. And we're going to have to wait and see what happens in 2018 uh, for the Switch to see if they can uh, drag in even more people. But really, when you think of it, you have a number of very... um, strong titles already and it's hard not to recommend the switch at this point how things change i I remember a year ago seeing the uh, switch presentation the nintendo direct and being so down on the switch and uh, yeah now it can do no wrong so anyway the switch is selling well nothing's new there uh paladins you remember that hero shooter that had the unfortunate um uh, well, unfortunate uh, schedule of coming out roughly at the same time as Overwatch. Um, it sort of survived. Uh, it's not been as bad as, what was it, Battleborn, uh, which really tanked. Uh, Paladin is still there, Paladins. It's a free-to-play game, and they are hopping on the battlegrounds, on the Battle Royale bandwagon. Uh, it's called Paladin's Battlegrounds, and um, it is not available yet. But I really like the idea, I think we mentioned it before, the idea of a hero shooter with the Battle Royale mode. Having a hundred heroes type uh, characters uh, battle it out and the last one survives is a really interesting concept. Um, The question of loot or, you know, gear that you can equip becomes more important in a battleground type scenario. So I don't know how hero shooters can adapt to that. Certainly a game like Overwatch would have um, to to include significant changes to the way the game uh, works if they were to do that, I suppose. Um, but for Battlegrounds, it's going to be coming out uh, fairly soon. So that's something I'm uh, somewhat uh, excited for. I'm excited for the potential um, for that, um, that type of mode uh, for games. It also, I think one of the uh, conclusions you can go to there is the idea that every game is going to have a battleground mode going forward, every competitive shooter type game. It's not certain though, because the uh, technical, you know, what the engine must do for those types of modes is very different from when you have, you know, 12, 16 players at a time on a map. If you have a hundred of them on a very large map, uh, it's not guaranteed that every uh, engine can handle these kinds of things. And that gets us back to the issue uh, Brennan Green and uh, the PUBG company, yeah, back back then it was Blue Hole still, um, had with Epic using the improvements uh, Blue Hole had made to the engine for uh, it to be able to handle 100 people, 100 players at the same time uh, on the map. Um, so, I mean, obviously it doesn't seem to be an incredibly, uh, an impossible a change to make to your engine, but it's certainly one that you need to take into account. Um, what else? Uh, HTC has announced the Vive Pro VR uh, headset. Uh, they just announced this at CES. It has a much bigger resolution, to 2880 by 1600. So that is much more crisp. And they also have a wireless adapter. Um, so you can... 
uh, use it without having you know the, the cables you're entangled in invariably. Um, we don't have price yet. I don't think we even have a release date and we don't even have some uh, experience actually putting it on your head. It's just an announcement so far. Uh, but it seems that uh, HTC is gearing things um, up in the VR game. It's, they're, they're sort of the first ones to um, shoot for a new model for their VR headsets in the higher uh, scale, higher quality end of the, of the spectrum. We've seen less... Uh, although I'm, I say that, I was going to say we've seen less capable uh, and cheaper headsets, but uh, we've seen some in the Windows mixed reality space that have been somewhat uh, comparable to that kind of resolution. I think Samsung put one out uh, or is planning one out. So... Um, that is uh, something to keep to to look forward to if you want a very capable headset and a wireless one. We'll have to see how long the battery lasts on, on that. Uh, maybe you have to attach something to your belt, uh, but it's probably going to be quite expensive. So I don't expect it's going to uh, set the world on fire when it comes out. Um, and uh, aside from a note from Epic that blames the meltdown um, CPU. Law and the the fixes to that, uh, they blame that issue. Uh, they they say it caused a, a, a increase in CPU use of uh, about fifteen to forty five percent after patching a server, and that's a concern for sure. So hopefully. Um, they won't impact. For those who don't know, it's a very serious flaw that has been discovered on all major CPUs from the past 10 years or 20 years, depending on uh, which flaw you look at. Um, and they need to be patched. And that patch, they need to be software patched. So the system is changed. And that patch uh, impacts the performance of your system. For personal computing, it doesn't seem like it's going to impact uh, us a lot. Even in games, the games just don't use the same kind of uh operations that are you know impacted by the slow uh factor of the patch but for servers it might be another story so we'll have to keep an eye out for that and and see how things evolve there so that's the quick roundup of the of the news from the past uh, few days. So now let's move on to a much more interesting I think portion of the show which is getting excited for the games that are coming out in 2018. Um, let's start with games that are going to be coming out very, very soon. Um, we're just, I would say, three, not even, like two and a half weeks away from Monster Hunter World and Dragon Ball Fighter Z, or Dragon Ball Fighters, depending on how you read it. Um, both of those are coming out on all platforms, well, meaning PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Windows. And um, Monster Hunter World is one that I'm cautiously optimistic about, but at the same time, I, no, I wouldn't even say optimistic about. It's like the franchise has its fans, and they love this game in a way that makes me want to love this game, um, or the series, I should say. And it seems to me like the series is very... Uh, difficult and demanding to get into. Everyone says, you know, you have to put in like 30 or 40 hours and then finally you love it, right? And until you get to that point, it 
is kind of a slog to get through. Not a slog, maybe that's a, a little bit of an exaggeration, but um, it is certainly not easy to, to find the fun and to appreciate it. But I would like to. Um, so I don't know if Monster Hunter World is going to be that for me. It seems like it's a little bit more accessible than the previous iterations of the game. Um, but I'll keep an eye on it, but maybe uh, I'll, I'll very likely wait um, for people to tell me, yes, that's the answer, go for it, before I jump in. One game I might jump in a lot sooner is Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Um, that game has such incredible visuals that I might have to to buy it, even if I'm going to be, you know, too busy changing diapers to to have time to play it. Um, it. For those who are fans of that series, and I think there are more of us in France than there might be in the U.S., but it's certainly a generational thing. Um, that that uh, series has such iconic uh, animations and graphics, and they have managed to recreate those, it seems, perfectly in the game, which is an incredible, incredible feat. And on top of that, it is an Arc Systems game, and they know fighting games. So everything I've been hearing is, not only does it look incredible, but it is also a great fighting game. And as you know, I really like fighting games, so it's kind of the perfect combination for me. I think for people who are a fan either of Dragon Ball or of fighting games, this is going to be a must-buy. I think it's going to be a hit in uh, in January, and uh, it's a very exciting thing to look forward to. The beta is starting, I think, now. <laughs> I'm not in the beta, but uh, a lot of people are very excited about it too. So we will see what happens there. Another game to look forward to is Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom. Uh, that's coming out, uh, if all goes well, March 23rd on PlayStation 4 and Windows. So we're kind of already towards the end of the quarter, but there are other things. I'm going to go to the console exclusives um, later in, in the list, and um, we'll see that some of them might be coming out at some point in the quarter as well. But um, yeah, for now, March 23rd, Nino Kuni 2, again, incredible visuals. I remember playing Nino Kuni 1 and thinking this is being inside a Ghibli uh, anime, and um, the game itself was okay. Uh, I didn't go to the end. I, I didn't get into it enough. It was an okay JRPG. Nothing, again, to set the world on fire. Um, I don't expect Nino Kuni 2 to be that either. They have sort of lost their partnership with Ghibli, but they have retained um, the visual style. And as I was saying, I remember playing the first one and thinking, this is incredible visually. And when I saw, when you compare the two, like Nino Kuni 2 is like 10 times better than Nino Kuni 1. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's it's one of those things where you thought the first one was perfect uh and then you look at the the new one and you look back at the first one and you're like, "Wow, that that really wasn't what I remembered." So um that is the most exciting aspect of it. Of course, it's a nice JRPG as well. We'll um see what happens with it there. That is March 23rd. Also on March 23rd, another very interesting game, A Way Out. Um, A Way Out is uh, Joseph Fares's game. You might remember him from his cursing and screaming at the Game Awards <laughs> a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, he, he, but more importantly, he made Brothers A Tale of Two Sons. And that game, in that game, you controlled two characters, one with each uh, uh, stick on your controller. And 
that was very poetic, very uh, uh, a very successful indie title. A Way Out sort of takes pieces of that concept and pushes it further. Um, you actually play two characters in the same scenes with a split screen, but it's not like the you know co-op games of old where you would both be shooting at whatever was coming your way. Here, you're playing in narrative uh, scenarios and narrative scenes where you're really controlling those two characters. The two, you, ha- you get the two different viewpoints um, in the same scene, and the na- narration part of it is what's important. Um, and you have a, a, a story that seems to be fairly interesting. You have uh, people who meet in prison. They're uh, basically not even ex-cons. It seems they escape prison and have things they need to do um, that are personal, not just, you know, let's break out of prison and, and do a heist. Um, so there are elements that seem that to leverage um, the duality of that uh, of that game. I suspect... The the most enjoyable way of playing that game is going to be couch co-op. It's it's possible that you, I mean, you can play it online, but they really emphasize the fact that you should be playing with your friends on the same couch, uh, and that's how you get the best experience out of it. Mm. Let me drink a little bit. And go on with Far Cry 5. Um, a little bit of a controversy for that game. Um, it was, of course, it started development a long time ago, and it sets its uh, it set its its uh, narrative in uh, Montana, I believe, but with a sect of um, extreme religious terrorists, possibly uh, Christian terrorists, and possibly they were white supremacists as well. Um, in the first iteration of the game. And it seems like Ubisoft is intending to include um, colored people. Is that an uh, uh, like non-PC term? I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> That's where the limits of my uh, English as a second language shows. But, um, you know, uh, uh, people that are not white. And um, they they seem to have included those in illustrations and things like that to sort of... <sighs> The politics of this, I would talk about on the Phillies Club rather than Pixels. Uh, there is certainly a question of, are you saying that Trump voters are racist that is thrown into that mix for good or ill? And is this an attack on the little people, you know, that voted for uh, the, 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 the current occupant of the White House. Um, I would love for that game to be able to be just what it is, and that means a story about a sect of white supremacist, uh, religious Christian extremists going crazy and terrorizing a a state, region, whatever it is, without it being controversial, because I, I don't think it should be. But the fact is... It has tendrils and implications in a lot of other things. And I can understand why Ubisoft is saying, whoa, let's not touch that with a long stick. So let's at least mitigate it. Sure, there are going to be, you know, uh, fundamentalist Christians and, and terrorists. And that 
is going to be the one <laughs> controversy we're going to tackle with this. And uh, and let's not add on, on top of that the white supremacist thing. I can see why they're, they're doing it. Uh, most important thing, is it going to be a good game or not? It seems like it has an opportunity to have an interesting narrative um, to add to the traditional Far Cry formula. But if it, if it remains in the traditional Far Cry formula, it remains to be seen how um, how interesting it's going to be from a gameplay standpoint. So all of that is going to be happening March 27th on PS4, Xbox One, and Windows. And uh, expect some more discussions about the controversial nature um, of that game and whether or not it goes far enough or not far enough. The one thing I will add, however, is that um, I suspect that some of the people who were claiming to to defend um, the artistic integrity of the game designers when they were saying we need to have uh, women portrayed in uh, whatever way they were three or four years ago that were more uh, derogatory than they are maybe now, hopefully now. I suspect those people who were saying, well, this is the artistic intent, I don't think they would go and defend uh, Ubisoft for the artistic intent of depicting uh, white supremacists in that way in that game. Um, I suspect all of a sudden then it would become an issue of negative identity politics and all of a sudden they would have a problem with that kind of depiction. So I don't know, maybe that's speculation on my part, but my experience tells me it's probably we're not going to see the same direction of outcry uh, from those groups. Um, Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised though. Uh, all right, Wargroove doesn't have a specific date, but it's coming out in the first or second quarter of this year. It's coming out for the Switch, Xbox One, and Windows, and that game is basically uh, Advanced War. Do you remember Advanced Wars, which is a, a DS, 3DS title? I think it, yeah, it's DS and 3DS. Uh, basically, turn-based uh, strategy. The um, graphics of it re- are really reminiscent of that game um, and of those old-school uh, turn-based strategy games. If you remember, you remember Langleaser, Langreaser, Rangleaser, <laughs> that old game, it, it might have been on uh, Saturn? Wow, I don't even remember that. But it's, it's there. I have a, a, a little bit of a, a soft spot in my heart for those types of games. And if you've played that in the 90s, you probably do too. Um, so, yeah, Wargroove is going to be coming out... Um, hopefully in these uh, next couple of, uh, let's say, quarters. And uh, yeah, Fire Emblem is also a game that might be reminiscent of that. But I've always thought that um, it's Fire Emblem takes it a little bit to an extreme that is less appealing to me. Um, yeah. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is doesn't have a date uh, fixed yet. Although maybe I'm... Let's check. Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, that game is... Hmm, yeah, it's, it's 2018. I sort of missed the boat on Kingdom Hearts. And I've always thought it was very strange for Square Enix characters, or Square at the time, um, to be mixed in with Disney characters. And I've never been a big fan of the Disney characters. You know, the 
Mickey and Donald Duck and Pluto and whatever those were. They weren't the characters that I thought were cool when I was young or maybe when I was a teenager, which is when those games would have come out or a little bit older even. Um, so I don't have a particular attachment to those. But those who do, again, are very much looking forward to Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, RPG, of course, with that very special setting. Um Probably second quarter... No, I'm sorry. Doesn't have a date at all, but it's coming out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Then we get to a couple of very, very uh, big games that a lot of people are are excited for uh, that both do not have uh, specific dates, but um, let's talk about Red Dead Redemption 2. To be announced second quarter might get delayed it wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world might get delayed um but it's coming out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox 1 do not expect a PC release that is very unlikely to happen even for the first one actually um but th- we might see uh uh well i was going to say we might see a re-release of, of the first one at this stage they would have done it already then it would cannibalize the, the sales of the second one but um if you have an Xbox uh, an Xbox one and you have Red Dead Redemption 1 you can uh, from the Xbox uh, 360 you can uh, slip it into your Xbox one and and play it to your heart's content um either way Red Dead Redemption 2 one of the most uh, highly anticipated games of this year uh, I did go on Twitter and ask people what is the game you're uh, excited, the most excited for in 2018. I think Red Dead Redemption 2 was basically half of the responses. I'm overdoing it a little bit, but it was certainly mentioned uh, very, very often. Um, I am. I loved Red Dead Redemption 1. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, spent a lot of time in it. I'm a little bit worried about Red Dead Redemption 2 because, as I mentioned in the show before... I feel it might lack a little bit of chari- uh, uh, charism. Am I saying this right? It sounds weird in my head for some reason. Um, it, it it does feel like the characters are not as charismatic as they might have been in the first one. And then again, I talked about this um, on my French show. I think it was on the French show and someone told me, well, look at GTA 5. You had characters that didn't seem charismatic at all initially and it was actually through good storytelling um, that they managed to make them relatable and, well, maybe not relatable, but at least uh, get you uh, to um, uh, get attached to those characters. And if there's one thing that you can't fault, um, uh, I was going to say Naughty Dog, but them either, but uh, Rockstar for... It's their ability to create a compelling narrative experience. So maybe I should trust in uh, the glow of of Rockstar and trust that Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be awesome. The other question mark that we have on that game is the online component because uh, GTA Online has been so successful. Um, it seems impossible that they haven't integrated some kind of online element in Red Dead Redemption 2. So we'll have to see how prevalent it is, what it means for the game. Um, it might even be more important than uh, GTA 5 online we could even imagine some online elements for uh, the single player experience uh, of red dead redemption 2 i'm just you know saying um, random things now but um yeah so q2 look forward 
to that. And then in Q3, Q3 also uh, not a specific date, we have um, uh, Anthem, which is might be pushed to 2019, it's, it's possible. Uh, but that game is going to be coming out in, on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Windows. Anthem is a really interesting uh, beast because it is ostensibly... I mean, the presentation we saw was fairly limited. It was graphically super interesting. The world it depicted was... Uh, inviting and exciting and of course it's a bioware game it's their uh, code name dylan um named like that for bob dylan they wanted to reinvent what it meant to be a video game just like bob dylan reinvented what it meant to be a uh, to to do music um it's the thing is we don't know enough about that game. Ooh, almost fell here. Um, we don't know enough about that game for, for me to be um, uh, reliably excited about it. It's, it's supposed to be a Destiny-like experience from what we understand. Um, the environment, the, the world, the universe seems very exciting. But those games, as I've said many many times those games rely on their replayability gameplay loop you have the moment-to-moment gameplay which has to be great which destiny has you you shoot stuff it feels good if you like it you're gonna love the game if you don't like it you're probably not gonna it's not gonna be a game for you the moment-to-moment gameplay has to be compelling and bioware hasn't been the best um at, at creating uh, impeccable moment-to-moment gameplay. They, their strengths rely more uh, are more in the area of, um, of course, narrative development. Doesn't mean they can't do it, and I think that is probably the thing that is uh, possible to get the, the most within reach. What is, I think, incredibly more complicated to achieve is the replayability loop. And you have that issue in all loot-based games, be it, you know, World of Warcraft, Diablo, Destiny, um, uh, Borderlands, of which we might see Borderlands 3 uh, confirmed, announced in the next few months. Um, That is difficult to do. Uh, Destiny 1 had it, kind of. Destiny 2 bungled it. The, the, The first 100 hours in Destiny 2 were great. After that, that loop wasn't perfect, um, even though they've improved it recently. Um, Diablo 1 had issues there because the itemization wasn't done as well as it could have been. And then there, was, there were other issues like the auction house um, that, that factored into it. So you had to wait until Reaper Souls for that to be perfected. And now they've perfected it to a level where it's, it's pretty incredible. But the bottom line is, what I'm trying to get at is... As exciting as the game is on its face, and uh, if you play it for an hour, they have to convince the player to come back and play through the same thing over and over and over again to to get loot or whatever. However, they convince you to play through it, and that is really difficult. Um, it's difficult because it, people might get frustrated. It, they might 
get bored with doing the same thing. It's not easy to motivate people and to make it not uh, boring. Uh, and, and um, you know, that alchemy is very hard to, to find. Um, I, I, I don't think it's impossible. I think Anthem might very well achieve it. But I'll wait until I see a little bit more before I get excited. Um, if I'm being honest, I am a little bit excited, especially since I was so disappointed in Destiny 2. Um, this might be a game that can take its place um, if it if it manages to to get that moment to gameplay moment to moment gameplay loop um, down. Let's move on to console exclusives. Um, and but before we do that, a few mentions of remakes and uh, and things like that. A few other games that uh, I wanted to get in um, just by name: Shenmue Three. A lot of <laughs> laughter now. I was going to say excitement, but they've gone in silent mode. That's probably for the best. Not sure it will come out in 2018, and if it does, I'm not sure it's going to be exciting. But We'll see. Shadow of the Colossus Colossus remake. Um, it was remade for PlayStation 3. Now it's being remade for PlayStation 4 with very impressive graphics or impactful graphics. Uh, that game is probably something to look forward to as well. Final Fantasy VII remake slash reimagining. That one I'm curious about because if they just remake Final Fantasy VII, I don't really care. If they reimagine it, I might spend a, a couple of hours in it just for the sake of it. Uh, Darksiders 3 is coming out as well, probably in 2018. Uh, curious to see what they make with that franchise. It was an interesting one uh, with 1 and 2. And Soul Calibur 6 has generated a surprising amount of excitement um, from people around me. I thought people were, had forgotten about that franchise, but apparently they haven't. So that is another one to look forward to. And uh, getting your hands on uh, Mitsurugi is always a fun time. That sounded wrong. All right, console exclusives. Mm. A little bit more drinking of obviously non-alcoholic beverage. Um, let's talk about Xbox. Uh, the Xbox is in a precarious, precarious situation in the sense that it's not doing badly. Maybe precarious is the wrong word. Um, it's not doing badly, but it's doing about half as well as the PlayStation 4 is doing, maybe even less. And uh, the Switch is already, basically, they've sold, it seems like, a third of what the um, Xbox One has sold lifetime. And that was achieved in 10 months. So... It's it, it seems like it could get into third place if you count the Switch as, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, maybe. We'll see. But um, the PlayStation has exclusives. The Switch has exclusives. The Xbox One has very few exclusives. I mean, we did dig out a few. Um, Crackdown 3 is coming out on Q2 but we haven't heard anything about it uh, since it was announced that it was delayed. So who knows? Uh, it's coming out on Xbox One, of course, and PC. Um, it seems like a game that was interesting back in the day, and a lot of people have very fond memories of that game. But I'm not sure that the same formula would be interesting today. 
And all of those things that they mentioned by um, the destructible environment that was calculated in the cloud, on the Azure cloud, um, it seems like trivial today. It might have been exciting back then, but now like, yeah, sure, you have a building that breaks into a million pieces and falls realistically according to the physics of the game because they can uh, compute all of those physics in the cloud. All right, but have you done anything fun with it? It doesn't seem like they have an answer to that question. And the fact that it's been delayed several times worries me as well. So it's it seems like a case of, well, let's tone down the excitement, put it out because we're not going to, you know, waste all the investment we made in that game. Um, and that's going to be it. We'll see. Maybe it will come out and it will be the best thing since, what, sliced bread, warm butter, either of those. Um, but I fear that that is not the scenario we're looking at. Um, sea of Thieves is coming out March 20th, also on Xbox One and PC. And that is another one that I am um, <sighs> uncertain about. Um, I know there are a lot of you know Xbox One cheerleaders that are very excited about Sea of Thieves. Maybe some of them have been playing the very secretive beta I think if we... I haven't. Uh, I haven't touched that game. I think the best scenario will be if that game is indeed a fun time to spend together with your friends doing something silly. What worries me is the something silly part is just going to be very trivial. Uh, what we've seen until now is, well, you go on boats with your friends and look for treasure on an island and encounter other squads of other pirates. And okay, but what do you actually do moment to moment? And they haven't had an answer for this. Maybe they do. Maybe the game is super fun moment to moment. Um, but it's all well and good to say, hey, come have fun with your friends and that's going to be the game. But you still need to have something to motivate you to be doing the thing um otherwise you just you just pick up the phone and start chatting and that's it uh i think a lot of people minimize that you know people say well world of warcraft or destiny or whatever is just a have fun with your friends type game so you come to it as much for having fun with your friends and chatting as you do for the game but even in those cases the game is half of the reason you you get to it right um, so it's a lot less than it, than for a solo game, but it's still half of it. If you remove that half, or if that thing is just 10% of the enjoyment, I think that's worrisome. Um, so what do I know? I mean, I was saying the, the Switch was in trouble back in, <laughs> you know, uh, a year ago. So maybe Sea of Thieves is just going to be the, the uh, an incredible entertainment experience, and I certainly hope so. I certainly hope uh, Rare can can pull something together uh, out of that uh, out of that concept. But we'll see. It's coming. Not too. We won't have to wait too long now. It's March twentieth, uh, and people have also mentioned um, State of Decay two uh, on the Xbox One and PC. Another game I didn't play the first one of, but uh, has a very strong following. It's one of those survival zombies type thing. Um, and State of Decay 2, uh, it doesn't have a date, by the way, it's only 2018, um, 
it is uh, uh, it in- incorporates lots of multiplayer elements if i understand correctly and a lot of people are very excited about it and that is also a, a console exclusive for the xbox so it, it doesn't seem like it's one that will uh, get people to buy the console for it but it's i mean that ship kind of has sales uh, had sa- has sailed already um but the, the, it's certainly something that people who are owners of the of the console, of which I am, by the way, I do have an Xbox One, uh, might be excited for, and it might be a very pleasant surprise. Uh, so that one might be the one that I'm looking uh, looking at with the most interest out of the the three I just mentioned. Um, so yeah, State of Decay Two uh, might be one that is exciting. And uh, now we move on to four very big exclusives uh, for the PlayStation 4. And in that case, they're not going to be on the, um, on the PC at all. Uh, and all of them are hmm, tentatively announced for Q1 or Q2 or Q1 slash Q2. We don't have specific dates, but it should be the first half of the year. In some cases, maybe even the first quarter of the year although again we're getting uh, into the first quarter already if they were coming out even in march i think we would have um dates announced uh, at this point um so anyway let's start with god of war um which is supposed to be coming out in q1 but eh, it's looking very unlikely at this point um god of war i it, i hope god of war is going to be what gears of war didn't manage to be Um, which I was excited to see what Gears of War was going to be, meaning um, the the in taking its inheritance of a franchise that was a juggernaut in its day and that established an entire genre and type of mechanics um, and and had visual excellence and was kind of a, a um fireworks of the console's world um, and bring it into a more adult uh, period epoch of gaming. And I think Gears of War 4, uh, for all its qualities, failed at that. It was a great Gears of War. Um, And it wasn't a game that brought it into something more than what it had been. God of War, it seems, is trying to um, bring that ridiculously uh, male teenage boy fantasy of a character that is Kratos, the the, (laughs) um, ultra-violent, rage-personified character that he, he was, and and make him into an actual character. I think in ways that um, at least the hope is we've seen a lot of TV shows in the past few um, years bring back or even movies bring back uh, characters or concepts that we loved from our childhood and and they were so ridiculous that we thought they would never work and some very clever writers and directors have managed to make them work. Um, that's what I'm hoping for for God of War. Make I hope we're going to get an actual good narrative game on top of the bombastic um, gameplay, which I hope is not going to go away. I'm not saying I don't want that gameplay. I, I hope it stays as it was uh, violent and visceral, 
but I hope it adds another layer that can speak to the games gamers we are today, uh, a little bit older, a little bit less uh, <laughs> immature, hopefully, and um, and that is what I'm I'm excited about with that title. We'll see if they manage to do that. That is certainly the promise. Um, they might fall flat on their face, uh, but I'm certainly hoping they don't. Uh, Detroit Become Human is also coming out hopefully in Q2. Uh, that seems a little bit more set as a, a launch period. And uh, as I mentioned, the, the demo from PlayStation Experience got me... Was it PlayStation Experience? I think so. It got me uh, more hopeful for that game. It seemed more interesting than I had... Um, what I understood from the previous uh, demos. We've seen so many little snippets of the game that I'm sort of still cautious about it because I'm not sure it's going to manage to achieve what it's setting to achieve. But it seems like they might have found the right formula for the type of game that David Cage and Quantum Dream have been trying to do um, for the past 10 years, it seems, um, and not always with great success. So... We'll see how it goes. That one is not necessarily a uh, buying it blind like God of War is going to be for me. But it's more of a let's wait for the first reviews. Uh, But if they are uh, not too bad, I think it might be a game that I'm uh, interested in. Days Gone is also Q1 or Q2 uh, at this point uh, for PlayStation 4. And that one is also an interesting one. It's a game that was very excited when, exciting when it was first shown at E3 uh, almost two years ago, a year and a half ago now, with that, um, you remember the sea of zombies that were running and literally in waves falling on one another. And, and it was almost unbelievable the way they were modeled, all of those um, waves of, of enemies. Um, and then they showed a much more trite um, post-apocalyptic zombie uh, man eats man, <laughs> zombie eats man, everyone eats everything world, which we've seen in many other uh, you know experiences in the past few years. And so that is going to be whether or not it manages to be more than what it seems it's riffing off is going to be a very important aspect of its uh, success of fail- or failure. It might end up being just a good, okay game uh, that you enjoy that is sort of lost in the shuffle. Um, and it might be a really interesting one if they manage to um, do something with it. It seems from a narration standpoint, they are very... Um, they're managing to do something interesting. Um, but... The gameplay is what worries me a little bit. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And finally, also Q1 or Q2 is uh, Spider-Man. And that game I am so excited about because um, it's I, I, I'm a big Marvel fan. Um, I'm... I love the MCU. I think it has its faults, but it is managing to achieve something that is unbelievable literally something i could not have believed when i was a a, a young kid reading those comics and that is translating what it is to um, enjoy comics into uh, 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 movies and i know some people don't like it but for me it definitely works and it works more times than it doesn't Um, so 
that is something that is an incredible achievement that I would love to see replicated in games in a way that I haven't really seen so far. Some games have been interesting. Batman comes to mind. Arkham, I think, manages um, that the most. And and it seems that the gameplay is very much inspired from the Arkham um, method, for the from the Arkham combat uh, gameplay. So that's already a good thing for me. But they are also very... Uh, it's Insomniac Games, by the way, doing that game. And um, they are... It seems they it seems they understand um what that game should be. Um and we we haven't seen a lot, so maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but it seems they understand to make a quality game out of a comic and not a quick uh making a quick buck. And that sort of aligns with what we've we've been hearing from Marvel uh, a few years ago when they said we want to stop doing mediocre games and focus on great developers and partnerships that allow us to make um, quality products uh, on on in the gaming industry, in the gaming world. So that might be God of War and Spider-Man, I think, are the games that are, I'm the most excited about for um, for next year, even more than Red Dead Redemption 2, and that's saying something. Uh, and uh, the Switch, let's not forget the Switch. Um, we're going to have Bayonetta, uh, Bayonetta 1 and 2 coming out as a um, remake, and then Bayonetta 3 at some point. Um, uh, possibly. We'll see. We'll see what uh, happens uh, at at that point. I mean, I'm saying possibly in 2018. I don't think it has a date for, for 2018. Um, and then we have... Um, some other games that have been announced, uh, Ace Attorney, um, Yoshi, we have a Fire Emblem, we have a bunch of things, and uh, we, might seem, we might see some other games in the Nintendo Direct that is going to be happening fairly soon, but that is still rumor. I think it's uh, in a couple of days, January 18th, uh, that we're going to get the um, Nintendo Direct, that is the rumor. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And there might be a lot of games uh, announced there. There are some uh, leaks on Amazon's site. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, and finally, I did want to uh, close the show with some looking forward to in the future. And those would be games I would love to see in 2018, but I don't think we're going to see before 2019 or 2020 at a minimum. Um, Last of Us Part 2, I will have time to talk about that game, so I won't say too much, but boy, am I excited. Last of Us Part 1 is my favorite game of all time, I think. Uh, Death Stranding, I talked about quite a bit a few uh, weeks ago. I'm going to let that one go. Metroid Prime 4, we only had basically a slide with the name of the game. No, No graphics, no nothing. I would be very surprised if it came out this year, maybe next year. Um, Beyond Good and Evil 2, uh, that is also probably not going to be before 2020. Uh, my estimation is 2022, but we'll see. <laughs> I mean, that game is four years out, maybe, you know, three, four years out, um, but we'll see. And Half-Life 3, of course, will be coming out soon. Yeah, no, never. Uh, Valve is too busy making money on Steam. So that's it. 
for the games of 2018. Um, honestly, between those that are probably at least half of them are going to be good. Some of them are going to be great. Um, already, we have a, a very solid lineup, especially for the first half of the year. And we know that there are going to be exciting things coming for the uh, second half of the year as well. Maybe E3 is going to... It seems the... Um, uh, the habit now is to introduce a game um, at E3. I mean, many people do it. You introduce it at E3 and say it's coming this holiday season. So there might be other very exciting games coming out uh, this this the second half of the year. And if we only had those that I just talked about, I think it would be a good year. And so that seems like it might be just half of the story. Uh, and there are, of course, a lot of games that other people have uh, have mentioned um but i don't i'm not going to talk about that they are more um obscure little indie titles some people mentioned uh super meat boy forever that is not obscure at all i'm going through the list of what um people talked about uh, avengers by square enix um was, was mentioned at one point i don't think we have enough details to expect it's going to be coming out on uh on in 2018 um we have uh what else uh let's let's see it seems we're oh Shin Megami Tensei 5 Age of Empires um people hoping for a new uh Paper Mario Cyberpunk might come out in 2018 i think that might uh that that's from um uh CD project the makers of Witcher of the Witcher uh, i think 2018 is a little bit optimistic um who knows? Um, what else did people mention? I think there might have been... Oh, Yakuza 6. Um, yeah, Super Meat Boy Forever, I mentioned already. Uh, some updates for Street Fighter V. People mentioned that. Uh, oh, Battle for Azeroth, I think I have to mention as well, although it is... a. a, a, a an expansion pack and not a, a new game. I think it might factor in. Um, that's about it. I think most of the games we have talked about, I think there are some games that are still in early access that might be counted, like Dead Cells, which we mentioned, uh, Kirby on the Switch, uh, Yoshi we mentioned as well. Uh, so there are there are things. The bottom line is, what I'm trying to get at, um, is it is going to be... A, a, another great year for gaming i think maybe not as as strong as 2017 we'll have to wait and see but it seems like it's going to be very very strong again uh 2016 was like that 2018 uh, 17 certainly was and 2018 is shaping up to be uh fairly uh, positive already so we'll have to wait until we actually have the games in our uh, sweaty palms to uh confirm or um <laughs> infirm um not infirm Yes, maybe uh, all of that, but uh, I am extremely excited and I'm hoping I'm going to have the time to play all of those things. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I've heard that the first six months are not too bad. It's after that that you get really, uh, it becomes busy fun time with uh, with the little one. So um, 
Yeah, that is going to be it for this episode. Um, of course, you can follow me on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm not Patrick on both of those. If you want updates from what's happening in my life, I'm sure I'm going to let people know through those uh, mediums. Um, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen for the next episode. Um, I might try to uh, put in one, uh, another one alone, or we'll see. We'll see what happens if there's uh, important stuff happening that I really want to talk about. Uh, what's certain is that the schedule is going to be a little bit um, uh, difficult to maintain for the next few weeks. But hopefully after that, uh, in February, um, I will be able to get back to business as usual. We'll see. I'll let you know as well. Either way, I hope you enjoyed this show. I hope you have a wonderful beginning of 2018. I wish all of you a wonderful new year. And I will talk to you very soon. Bye. Bye.